It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Colorado on the attack. Taves and Lekkonen exchanging passes. Lekkonen carrying into the shark zone. Pete Nachushkin behind the goal. Angles it back to the point. Nice move by Makar around Barabanov, then around Johnson in front, quick shot, score! Kale McCarr is all world on this play. He stick-handled around two players, Barabanov and Johnson, and poked it to Lekkonen in front, and that makes it six to nothing, Colorado. And all Lekkonen can do is go over to Kale McCarr and say, thank you, sir, may I have another? All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for tonight's game against the Blues. I do not think this is going to be the prettiest game we have ever seen in the history of the National Hockey League, but I do think that the Sharks, if I'm them, are probably looking for a little bit of revenge after the way it went when they played them last time and lost 6-3 one week ago. That was one of those games where the Sharks went up 2-0, only to give up four consecutive goals and find themselves down 4-2. They get one to make it 4-3, but then once again, the Blues add on, and it's a 6-3 final, and then it was 8-3 to Washington. The win Monday night, 3-2 against Winnipeg, and then the 6-0 loss to Colorado on Tuesday night. So that is 14-6. They were outscored on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, then you go 16-9 overall, and then 22-9 overall. They've been outscored in their last four games. But hey, you are looking for a road trip win. You can take two out of three with a win tonight. So again, one of my takes all year long has been to find the positives within the negatives. And I know some of you are like, nope, tank for Bedard. I'm sorry. I'm still never going to buy into that mindset of actively hoping your team loses. I always want to see the Sharks win. I always want to see them put forth a good performance because watching that game the other night getting beat down by Colorado 6-0, that is not what I would consider an enjoyable time. And then, you know, the Sharks do get to come back home. They are home for four straight starting Saturday night, hosting Minnesota, then Tuesday against Columbus, then Thursday hosting Seattle, and then Saturday night hosting New York before they go out onto the road at Edmonton and at Vancouver and at Calgary, back home against Winnipeg, back home against Vegas on the 30th to close out the month. And then we get into the month of April where there's just not a whole lot of hockey left, guys, and that is a sad time of the year for me. Saturday the 1st at Arizona, then home for their final three of the season, Colorado on the 4th of April, Colorado on the 6th of April, and Edmonton on the 8th of April before they are on their final three-game road stand at Winnipeg, at Calgary, and at Edmonton. So, yeah, I mean, this has not been a pleasing year, but I am still looking for some positives within everything that's been going on this year. Now, obviously, in three out of the last four, even though the Sharks do have a chance tonight to take two out of three on the road, but... A lot of the games as of late have been pretty painful. The loss to St. Louis, the loss to Colorado, 
the loss to Washington. Those are three games in which you were outscored 20-6. A 6-3 defeat, an 8-3 defeat, and a 6-0 defeat. We did find out yesterday, a little bit later than I expected, I got to admit, but we did find out that David Quinn was fined $25,000 for his... uh, well, his yelling at the officials in Saturday night's game, which, you know what, I don't blame him for. You know, he gets paid the money so that he can afford some of these fines. And in those instances, sometimes you do have to say something to rile up your team. But, you know, as of what's been happening as of late, the bad loss is particularly coming off of the 6 nothing beat down to Colorado. On Tuesday night, he was asked, you know, what's the lesson up to this point? And this was this morning when meeting with the media. The lesson is we've got to move past this in a hurry. And I don't care what the score is. It's a, it's a loss. Obviously, it was a perfect storm for a lot of reasons, uh, why that game unfolded the way it did. And the lesson is how quickly can you hit restart and you know put yourself in a better mindset to win a hockey game tonight to win a road trip. And that's the type of mentality that you expect from a guy like David Quinn. He does not seem to focus on the negative. He's quick to move on. And the best athletes in all sports are those who have the short memories, who are able to move on, who are able to just kind of, you know, put it behind them and then get on to the next one. Because dwelling over that loss does not do the Sharks any good right now. Like thinking about what they did wrong does not help them in a better mindset or in a better performance looking at this game when the Sharks go into it um, tonight. This is just a way of them to move on, have a bad performance, get it out of their system, and hopefully now have a better performance tonight. But you can't dwell on the past, especially in sports. Now, you can look to rectify mistakes. You can acknowledge what you didn't do very well in that game, which, again, puck possession, a big, big issue, giving them the puck, you know, making life easy on your opposition. You look to impact those things. But you can't specifically be thinking about the mistakes that you made in the last game or the game before that or the game before that. Like Those are things that you've just got to get out of your system because it's not going to do anything to help you to win. It's just going to make your own immediate reality that much more difficult, and that's, that's not something that you want to have happen. But as I talk about maximizing the remainder of this season, I talk about seeing what you have more so for a guy like William Eklund. Now, he hasn't been massively impactful in his time up in the NHL as of yet, but I am appreciating what I am seeing. And I like, you know, I think there's an aggression to his game, right? Like I think he's not afraid to make things happen. And I think that when you have a highly skilled player who has a lot of pressure on them and knows that the fans and the franchise are looking them to be one of the players that turns things around going into the future. I think that can be difficult. I think there can be, you know, something of a, a weight on your shoulders, knowing that you don't want to make mistakes. You want to play a certain style. And I don't feel like that's weighing on him though. Like I feel like he is doing the exact opposite. He's just playing his game. And I think that we've seen him get a little bit better in each game. I think he is adjusting. I think that as he acknowledged after the first game, he is definitely, um, you know, learning the speed of the game once again. But that's the thing is like he has the ability to learn from the speed of the game. He has the ability to look at what's happening all around him and make better plays, make better decisions, make things happen. I mean, we see that he reads the timing well. He's held up at times. He's slowed down. He's waited for guys. You can clearly tell that he has great vision. And David Quinn was asked what he's seen from Eklund in uh, you know a few short games. Well, I like a lot of what I've seen. I think I like his pace. I like his competitiveness. Uh, he's got skill and deception in his game. So... You know, he's done a really good job since he's been up here. Skill and deception. And I love the words that he uses there because, yes, the skill, we can all see it every time he's got the puck on his stick. But the deception, he'll look guys off. 
right? Like that's one of those things that you can kind of see is that guys don't really know how to react to him and his game as of yet. And he can slip past guys. He can avoid the big hits. He knows how to feed a pass. Like these are the little things that while he's not lighting up the NHL as of yet, you do see the base for his game and you see the things that he can improve upon. And the learning experiences that he get right gets right now are the, you know, they're the important things. That's exactly what you need to see from him, that he is able to build upon that skill set, that he is able to see what the NHL is asking of him and where he needs to improve his game. Because I don't need William Eklund to be a star right now. I don't need William Eklund to be, you know, lighting the lamp and making the highlight reels. I don't need any of that. I need him to learn about what the NHL is. I need him to understand about what exactly he needs to bring into his game so that next year he can start taking even more strides in his game because he is very young. You know, he came in as an 18-year-old. Now he's 20 years old, but he's still very young. He's put on some muscle. He's gotten bigger. And now we just have to see him learn the game that is the game of hockey in the NHL, where it's at the most elite level, where there is no better hockey played in the world. Even a game like tonight, between the Sharks and Blues, two teams that are not exactly towards the top of their conference, the level of hockey that's going to be displayed out there on the ice is still elite. And no one should think of it in any other way. It's just two teams that, as collectives, are not great. But the individual skill sets that will be out there, as well as some overall, you know, certain lines that are able to play at such a high level, yeah, it's going to be through the roof at times. You got Eric Carlson out there. Need I remind you? So it's not like this is going to be a better place for him to improve. It's still going to be hard as hell. It's still going to be a you know baptism by fire for William Eklund or any young prospect coming into the NFL when it's March and your team's not in the playoff hunt. And right now, a lot of it is the grit and the grind and the determination that makes you need to elevate your game that much more and be that much better. I mean, we can talk you know about, yeah, it'd be nice of him you know having the best line mates in the world and playing on a great team. But at the same time, there's something about being in this process right now. And I think that the young guys like William Eklund, like Thomas Bordalo, like eventually what we see from Shakir Makhmadulin, these guys are going to have to, as a collective, climb out of this hole that the Sharks as a franchise are in right now. But I do think, I do think that there's something to be said for that. If they can get themselves through it and come out clean on the other side, if they can understand the bad times and force themselves through to the good times once again, I really do think that's going to do good things for them as a whole because they're not going to want to go back here. They're not going to want to be in March and not in playoff contention once again. And that doesn't mean that it's going to happen next year, but they're going to remember times like this and they're going to remember how much they hate it. Like Logan Couture hates losing. He always wants to be going to the wall, max effort, whatever it takes to get the win. And these younger guys, they're going to understand it as well because they're playing in games of, I won't say lacking consequence, but in not the greatest stage because you're not going to be in the playoffs. You're not in the hunt. You know, that's just how it is right now. That's where the Sharks are. But I think as a collective, they'll understand that they don't want to be there and they're going to do everything going forward to make themselves a high-quality winning team as soon as possible. One of the questions that was asked of David Quinn also this morning that I, I thought was a fascinating answer was the idea of replacing Timo Meyer because I, you know, my personal take on that is that you don't replace Timo Meyer. And I mean that in the sense that, yes, you try to make up those goals one way or another. You try to find other high quality players, but 
There's a thing in sports we do where we try and find the next, right? Or a guy like, we try to make these comparisons. Each player is an individual. Each player brings their own skill set to a game. Each player brings their own unique advantages and or disadvantages, but each player is unique. And so my take is that you don't replace Timo Meyer, but you can still try and find ways to get that goal production. And it might be a while before Sharks do have a winger like that again, but still you do look at what Timo Meyer brought. And then now, you know, the onus is on the rest of the team. David Quinn. Yeah, I mean, as I've touched on, uh, Timo's a unique player in this league. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, you know, built like Bo Jackson, skates like the winds, got a snarl to him, can shoot it, and make a play. I mean, you know, he's a true power forward. And there's a reason that he was in such high demand and, you know, why we got what we got for him. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, it just didn't work out for us being able to retain him. And, you know, I think we did a great job in getting what we needed to get or could get for, for him. And it is going to be hard to replace the individual. But, you know, right now we're not in a position for one guy to do it. I think it's going to have to be by committee. And it may not be right now. It may come here in the next year or two. But um, it's never easy to replace a guy that I think he's only scratching the surface. Team most high is 35, I think, last year. And he didn't get hurt. He was certainly going to score 40 to 45 this year, maybe more. And, you know, I think his best hockey is ahead of him. So it's not easy to replace a guy like that with one person. But, Sometimes you can do it through committee. And so right now, that's what the issue is for the Sharks. They have to do it by committee. They have to get multiple goal scorers. They have to get multiple guys involved on this that will allow them to perform at the level they were previously with Timo. And I don't mean in the immediate near future here, but like next year, they're not going to have Timo Meyer, a guy who can score 40, 50 goals, potentially if he's healthy all year long. And honestly, you know, the way his game is still getting better, you know, he could go even higher than that. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I, I think he dil- still does have greater heights to take his game. But, you know, that's just one of the things that I look at. That's one of the things that I say with Timo Meyer. He's still getting better, which hurts because, you know, the Sharks are not in a position to ultimately use him. Um, but it's better to get younger and get picks and try and restock the whole system to turn them in to a winning franchise once again. But, you know, the aggressiveness that is to his game, his willingness to take those shots, those are things that maybe if you don't replace them specifically, you have to tell players like William Eklund like, you know, Thomas Bordalo, like whoever else it is going to be that's a part of this team, like take the shot, make something happen. And I know that if you've heard me on this or on Morning Tie before, because I know I reference it every once in a while, but, you know, one of the most enduring messages from a former athlete that I have ever heard is from Joe Cannon, who I do the broadcast with for the Earthquakes. And he always says, ask questions of the defense, ask questions of the keeper, which means you take the shot You make them react. You make them come up with a solution for the problem. So, you know, I overall love that message of making life difficult for the opposition and making them do something to prevent. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Don't wait for the perfect pass, the perfect shot. Make the opposition react. Because if you block a shot, you get a carom, you get a screen, you get another opportunity. You never know what exactly is going to happen. But if you don't shoot, if you wait... You know what's going to happen. You're going to miss your opportunity. You're going to panic. You're going to freeze. You're going to do something you maybe wished you hadn't. And you're not going to be able to make something happen in the same way. Because every second 
that you give the defense to react is another second they can better situate themselves. And we get down to the half seconds and the quarter seconds and the milliseconds in the NHL because everything gets so tight and so um, intense that you don't want to give those guys any more reaction time than they can get. And that's something that I loved about Timo Meyer. So maybe, no, you're not going to get Timo Meyer back. You're not going to replace Timo Meyer specifically, but you do need that mentality to be something that you breed in your players, right? Like you've got to have that all thought about all the time. Like shoot, shoot the puck, take it, make it happen, make something happen, make them react. Another good question for head coach David Quinn was about maximizing this time for William Eklund and the messages that he's trying to send to him so that, you know, he can make the most out of this time in the NHL because, again, it's not like they're going to be doing a lot of winning, so you try and get the most out of this for William Eklund to get the learning that he needs in so that he can be that much better of a player going forward. Know what he needs to work on during the offseason. Know where his challenges lie, what his strengths are, and what his weaknesses are as well because that's a huge part of what he is learning in the NHL right now. Well, the one thing I love about him, he's got a great work ethic and he's coachable. And, you know, to me, that's regardless of what the plan is, what the pace, uh, what the, uh, you know, what the path is, if you've got those two things as a player, you're going to give yourself a chance to improve and, you know, maximize your potential. So, you know, he's just got to continue to be attentive and, you know, learn. There's a lot of different ways to learn. You can learn through a video. You can learn through mistakes, which we all do. And, you know, I think that's what he's doing. I think he's taking a bunch of different routes and learning and becoming a better player. And some of the learning that he's going to have to do right now is reacting to these tough times. Like, I'm sure there's a little bit of a shock and awe that's going on with him to be at the NHL and getting this opportunity. But I think that might lessen the blows of some bad losses initially. But, you know, now he's going to have to, you know, take a little bit more away from this and learn about the other things like reacting and having the appropriate response to a bad loss that's, you know, now put on his shoulders and everybody else's. So Quinn was asked as a group if the team showed the right type of reaction to the loss they did have to suffer the other night in falling 6 nothing to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, you know, they weren't happy. Uh, they were pissed. They were embarrassed. And we'll find out how pissed and embarrassed they were at about 9.30 tonight. I mean, it's nice to say you're pissed and embarrassed and, you know, but, you know, you got to do something about it and we got a chance to do something about it tonight and win a road trip. And so I am excited to see which Sharks team shows up tonight because there have been some bad losses, but there's also been a high quality win against Winnipeg the other night. I mean, that was a very, very well played game where the Sharks maybe weren't perfect by any means, but they didn't let the game get away from them. They were able to keep their fight and battle going throughout the entirety of the game and it kept them in it from the start. And while I don't think the plan should ever be to desire to tie it with 10 seconds left, like, yeah, when the opportunity was there, they took advantage of it and they were able to find themselves a moment. They were able to find themselves overall the ability to do something pretty fun. So in that capacity, I hope that the Sharks do have another gutsy game here tonight coming up against uh, a St. Louis team that is not, you know, great by any means, but is certainly not a rollover by any means as well. And they all know that everybody showing up at that barn in St. Louis wants to see a good game. They know they don't want to see two teams in the Bedard sweepstakes. They know they don't want to see two teams that have been disappointed up to this year. They want the max effort out there on the ice. And that's what I expect to see when I'm watching tonight. You think those guys care about Connor Bedard? You think they care about the future? You think they care about anything but the here and now? 
I certainly think they do not. I think they are focused on winning pride, playing for the contract, playing for the team, playing for the fans. They know what their job is. Their job is not to be concerned about the future or draft picks. They know it's what happens as soon as that puck hits the ice. And so hopefully that will be what we get to see tonight from both these teams because I want to see that intense battle. All right, we are out of time, but be sure to join us at 4.30 tonight. Live pregame coverage with Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin as they get you ready for the game. Game broadcast starts at 5 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.